We just ask that you pour out your Holy Spirit, Lord, on us fresh tonight. We open our hearts to you. Not one of us is going to close you off tonight, Father. But we're going to run to the light. Shine in our lives, Father, by your Spirit. Let your glory come upon us and let your glory come through us tonight, Lord. vision, an internal vision or a picture of God's new move amongst us and there was this very large bay and there was multitudes of small sailing boats, dinghies and when I looked out at this bay, all these small dinghies, sailing boats, and I could see the, the shape of the boat, and they all had their masts high, but none of them had their sails set, they were just stationary in the bay, and then I felt the move of, of wind, of the spirit, the move of wind coming down into that bay, and I could see the wind, or I could sense the wind flowing over the boat and around the masts but the boats remained where they were because there was no sails up but then I begin to see some of the boats begin to set their sails and the sail began to be put up and as they set their sail immediately the wind filled the sail and the sailboats began to move but not all the sailboats set their sails. Some just remained where they were. And though the wind was blowing, they remained exactly where they, where they were. The same wind, but because they hadn't set the sail, there was no movement in their lives. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said that in this new move of the Spirit, He's asking us, and we are those sailboats in the bay to set our sail, the sail of faith and expectation. When you set a sail, you open something up and instead of having our sails closed, bound together, we're to unfurl the sail of our lives and open ourselves up. And as we do that, the Holy Spirit is going to fill our sails and we're going to begin to move and God's going to begin to take us places. And at first I thought it was a bit strange because I wondered when I was looking in this bay, I thought, well, how come all of the boats to begin with didn't have their sails set? And I thought that's a bit strange. Surely there's people that were walking with God and on fire with God before this move. I'd have thought there'd be some sailing around anyway. But the Lord said to me that this new move is new for everybody. And that we all start at the beginning. And that whether you've been on fire for God, or whether you've been totally backslidden, it doesn't matter. Right now, it doesn't matter. What matters is who sets their sail. And maybe you've had your sail set with the Lord and the Holy Spirit's been moving in your life in past months. Well, the Lord wants you to act as if you've never set your sail. Because just because you, you've been walking strongly with the Lord doesn't mean that you're going to move forward. You're only as good as today. You're only as spiritual as you are today. So just as those of you that have not been moving with God in the past, you shouldn't be intimidated by that. 
and think, oh, this new move, I've, I've, I've not been where I should. I've not been open to the Lord. Oh, this new move isn't for me. It is for you. It's day one. You can open your sails right now, wherever, wherever you've been, wherever you've not been doing. It doesn't matter. Just open your sail. All of the ships needed to open their sail. And also for you that consider that you've been moving with God, there's a danger that in these days you'll think that you're in the river. You'll think that you're already moving and that the new move isn't new to you. You'll miss it. Every one of us, old and young in the faith, strong or weak in the faith, it doesn't matter. All that matters is that we open our hearts to the moving of the Holy Spirit. And we don't know where the Holy Spirit's going to take us. We don't know where He's going to take us. All we need to do is open our hearts and our sails and expect and believe and let the Holy Spirit come and fill our lives and do things in our lives and take us where He wants to take us in the Spirit, do things in the inside of us that He wants to do. Because no one knows how the winds are going to blow or where we're going to be taken, but God knows. One thing's for sure, He's not going to leave us in that bay. Those of us that open our hearts and at the sails of our expectancy to God, God is going to take us out of our comfort zone. And the picture of that bay is a comfort zone. It's a safe zone. God wants us to step out of our safe zone. God wants us to step out of our comfort zone. You say, what do you mean? I mean, whatever you're comfortable with spiritually. If you're comfortable with the Lord, you don't know Him very well. Because one thing the Lord never makes anybody is comfortable. He may comfort you, but one thing the Lord will never make you is comfortable. Because you can't walk by faith in a comfort zone. You can't cross the seas while you're still in the bay. The sailing boat was made to sail on the high seas, on the crests of waves, on a journey with God. And so in this picture, there are many things that God is saying to you and to I, to me today. So why don't you just right where you are, just take the symbolism of this word and see yourself as one of these sailing boats, these little dinghies. Why don't you just imagine yourself taking out the sails, unfurling them and saying, yes, Lord, I'm ready. Because the winds are going to blow, but the only things, only ones that will move will be the ones with their sail set. It is possible to be a sailing boat with the wind flowing all around and stay exactly where you are, untouched, unmoved, because your sail's not up. God is challenging us and saying, set your sail, open up. Give me something I can energize with my wind of the Spirit. Give me something I can blow on, something I can breathe on, something I can connect with. Give me your faith and your life, your openness and your expectation, and then I'll be able to move. Give me your heart because the greatest sail is an open heart. Lord, we lift our lives to you tonight. We don't want to stay where we are. We don't want to be one of the sailboat that stays exactly where it is, even though a wonderful wind is blowing, ready to take us on a journey with God in these days. 
We want, we want to move. We don't want to stay where we are spiritually. We don't want to stay where we are in a comfortable place, never moving. But we want the thrill and the excitement of moving to a new place in you and with you. A new place, a new destination, a new journey, a new wind of the Spirit, a fresh wind, not the old wind, but a fresh living wind of the Spirit blowing, a fresh breath of God breathing from heaven. As the Lord breathes from heaven, His breath fills His temple. We worship you, Lord. Let's sing that song, that new song of yours again. Jonathan, I don't, I don't know if you've sung, did we sing it this evening? The one you, you, you did this morning? Oh, we've done that tonight. Yeah, let's do it again. Let's, you know, when, when we're in this atmosphere, worship is like setting sails. You know, as we worship, it's like setting the sails. We do it by faith and God comes and inhabits our praises. Jonathan's written this new song and we're going to use this right now just to begin that journey afresh with God tonight. Grace has come to save us. Truth has come to free us. You have shown your favor to the undeserved. Love came down to reach us, you became our ransom, suffered at the hands of those you came to save.
is there someone in this place and you've got like a growth or something under your, under your arm? Is there anybody here want to pray for you? Some sort of growth or something just under your, in, under your arm? Is there anybody here? Just wave at me if that's you. Anyone? No? You're not going to own it? Is that, is that you? No, it's somebody here. I mean, we'll, we'll pray for them later, but it's somebody here. You're here? You want to be prayed for? Just wave at me so we can move on in the meeting. Just under the arm. Some sort of thing. Okay, but don't come to me at the end of the meeting and expect to be prayed for. Now's the time. I'm going to ask one more time, then I'm going to move on. All you have to do is wave at me and we'll pray for you. Yeah? Come on down. Well done, we'll wait for you. Just as he's coming down, just open yourself up to a healing touch. If you need a healing in your body and you're able to put your hand where you need a healing, if it's not appropriate to put your hand there, just put it on your heart. And just let the healing, anointing flow. Maybe you need healing in your emotions, a healing of the heart, if you know what I'm saying. Maybe you've been going through some difficult times and you feel very disturbed in your, in your spirit and you've been having... Well, just put your hand on your heart and ask the Lord to bring you peace. Receive where you are. Just take some time to soak in the healing presence and the blessing of God.
I see in the spirit, I see those same boats. And I'm seeing them catching the wind. And I'm seeing them slowly and orderly. Slowly and orderly beginning to move in the direction of the sea. Like a wonderful flotilla. God is moving. It's taking us out into the deep. Where we've been compared to where we're going is shallow. And I just see God moving. It's a beautiful move. It's a just a slow moving of the spirit. It's like he's not in any hurry. But those sails are being set tonight and God is just moving us orderly in the right direction. He's going to take us out into the deep. Deep calls to deep. Sound of your waterfalls, Lord. taking us out into the deep places of your spirit. We're so grateful for our experience. And Lord, we know that if all we've known is the shallows of your presence, the shallows of your operation in our lives, that's going to feel pretty deep. Well, what's it going to be like when you take us out into the deep? It's going to be a new experience. Lord, we long to search the depths of your presence and your glory and your truths. To search your depth to go out into the deep places of the Spirit, the deep places of the Word, the deep places of God, to have a deep experience and not a shallow experience, a deep experience. But not only to experience your depths, Father, not only to experience new depths of your love and revelation and glory and presence, but also, Lord, you're going to search us in deep places. We're going deeper in you. And Lord, you're going to go deeper in us. It's the Spirit that searches the deep places of a man and a woman. It's the Spirit that searches the deep places. We're going deeper in you. But just as importantly, Father, you're going to go deeper in us. Deeper in us. For can, who, who can search the depths of a human except the God that created them? Go deep into our hearts, Lord. Shine your light. Let the seed of your word go deeper. Lord, we've let you into the surfaces of our lives. But you want to go deep, 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 deep. Searching, healing, strengthening. A deep experience of the moving of God in our hearts. As we enter into your depths, so you enter into ours. Deep calls to deep. Deep. Deep calls to deep. Out of the shallows. Out of the safe places that aren't really safe places at all. Into the great seas of your glory, the great oceans of your presence, 
the great oceans of your revelation. Lord, open the word to us. Open the word of God to us in new ways. Passages that we've read before, when we read them, let them speak deep. Revelation, deep revelation. Take your word, Lord, and let that word penetrate the core of our being, not just the surface of our lives or the surface of our understanding. Let the word of God not just penetrate our minds and our intellect, but let the word of God, like a two-edged sword, go deep into the intentions of the heart, the hidden intentions, the hidden belief systems. Let your word go deep. We open ourselves to the word of God. Let the truths of God go deep into our lives. Let the seed of God's word go deep into our lives. Let the spirit of God go deep into our lives. Oh God. Before you do a great work in this nation, you have to do a great work in your people. Ezekiel 36 verse 23 says this, Ezekiel 36, 23, and I will sanctify my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in their midst, and the nations shall know that I am the Lord, says the Lord God, when I am hallowed in you before their eyes. God's going to make his name great again. But he's not going to do it without us. He's going to do it through us. There's going to come a day when people will recognize the difference between a believer and an unbeliever. When people will look at a child of God and not just say, oh, you've got some funny beliefs, but they will see the deep workings of the Spirit of God in their lives. And instead of us joining with the unbelievers, they will join with us, the believers. Instead of us backsliding into their lives, they will be revived and step into our lives. God's going to do a great work. For I will take you among the nations and gather you out of all countries and bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. And I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. And I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers you shall be my people and I will be your God I will deliver you from all your uncleanliness and I will call for the grain and multiply it and bring no famine upon you and I will multiply the fruit of your trees and the increase of your fields so that you need never again bear the reproach of famine among the nations. Lord, we ask that you will do it, that you will revive your church in these days, that you will do this great work in our hearts, great work in our lives take us on that journey into the deep places and that we will forsake the shallows of Christian experience forever forsake the shallows of Christian
Christian experience forever and partake of the deep things of God, the deep things of the Spirit, the deep things of God, the deep things of the presence, that our eyes would be open to eternity and the things of God would become strong in our lives. the rubbish things, the worthless things in your sight that can often be so precious in ours will be cast away. We will cast away the worthless things to embrace precious things. Casting away of the worthless things. A casting away of the temporary and in an embrace of the eternal. Hallelujah. Yes, Father. Yes, Lord. cleansing and a healing, a refreshing and a renewing, a purging and an anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. And a new cleansing fear of the Lord comes to those that set their sails ready to receive it. A new healthy clean fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is clean. The fear of the Lord cleanses, sobers, strengthens, and is of great benefit. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. We're not talking about some scary, scared thing that's unhealthy. We're talking about the fear of the Lord that is the beginning of wisdom. If we don't have the fear of the Lord in our lives, we have no wisdom. We lack wisdom. And wisdom is the knowledge of what to do in life. What is holy and what is profane, what is worthy to hold on to, and what should be cast out of our minds and our lives and our attitudes. And God is looking for a people that will respect Him. And He sent us waves of intimacy. And He sent us waves of his fatherly love and his acceptance and his grace and his mercy sent waves of his mercy, waves of his acceptance, waves of his Abba Father love. But he's asking us to grow up in grace. To grow up in grace to mature, not, not to just stay there like a baby, but to grow up to be a son and a daughter of the king. To get to the place where we have in our lives the assurance that God loves us. We don't have to keep going back and wondering whether he loves us every day, every week, wondering, does he still love me? Does he still love me? Does he still accept me? God wants us to grow and to pass through that concern and to be fully assured of his love. Because that is just the beginning. It's the foundation. It's not the end. And God is saying that he wants us to trust him 
and have assurance that he loves us, but then to move and to build on that foundation of assurance and unconditional eternal love, not just to stay there, but to build on it pain's gone. But the pain's gone. The ground of your faith is assurance. But let me tell you something in the spirit. We've got a lot of baby Christians who have discovered they're loved, unconditionally accepted, and that's where they just want to stay. And any, any call to obedience, any call to the higher life is rejected because they just want to stay there drinking milk, the milk of God's acceptance and unconditional love. They just want to stay there. Any call to obedience or the fear of the Lord is rejected because they're not maturing. They think the fear of the Lord... If, if the fear of the Lord came on them, they'd immediately fear that God has rejected them. That's how baby-like they are. Like some sort of baby. You keep after telling that, you, you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And the next day, they come back to you. Do you still love me? Yes, I love you. Do you still love me? Yes, I love you. Do you still love me? When will you understand that I love you? Stop asking. Know that I love you. Now you know that I love you, says the Lord. Learn to fear me. Can you take this tonight? Can you pass the point of blessing to the deeper life? He's saying, you know my grace and you know my mercy. Get to the place where you live in that. You, you don't question that. You just know it. I don't know about you, but I don't question God's grace anymore. I don't question God's mercy. I know He's my Father forever and ever. I know it doesn't depend on what I do or what I don't do. It doesn't depend on how holy or unholy I am. It depends on His love and faithfulness. I'm going to heaven. He's my Father, whether I'm a good son or a bad son. He's my Father. Whether I please Him or displease Him, He's my father. But that, that's just the beginning. That's the ABCs of the faith. That's, that's the beginning. And we've had to minister so strongly in these days to get people back to the, to the foundation that is Christ and his unconditional love. This is the start. Once you're assured of someone's love, you can go deeper. They can reveal things to you that if you weren't assured of their love would immediately cause you to unravel. Oh, you don't love me anymore. You treated me strongly. You don't love me anymore. You spoke to me harshly. You don't love me anymore. I've seen your glory. I've seen your actions. I've seen your judgment, I've seen your power and it frightens me, you don't love me anymore no, God wants to take you deeper to the place that gives you holy fear the saints of the past loved God and were loved by God, but they had something that we don't have, generally speaking they had the fear of the Lord they had the fear of the Lord. But the fear of the Lord didn't ruin them. It made them. God's looking for, a, for children that are going to grow in respect and honor Him. Honor Him. Those that will be able to chew on the meat of God's Word, not spit it out and cry for milk. milk when we should be chewing on the word oh hallelujah Jesus said 
to his disciples. There are things I can't tell you because there are things that you cannot bear yet. Think about that. And they were moving with him. They were his disciples. There are things I would love to share with you. But you can't bear them. You couldn't cope with them. You're not mature enough to assimilate them, to walk in them. If, in other words, if Jesus shared these revelations and burdens of his heart, his disciples would just have a spiritual fainting fit. You know about spiritual fainting fits? It's when you just tilt, just can't, whoa, you just can't cope. You just can't cope. God does it, just can't cope. You just, boom, you're out for the count. You fainted. You fainted. You can't cope. There are things that God wants to share with us corporately and personally. But at the moment, we can't bear it. I don't want to go to heaven and say, and have the Lord say to me, there were things I wanted to share with you. Things I wanted to share with you about my ways. There's things I wanted to show you. There was places in the spirit I wanted you to enter. There was areas of my heart, Bruce, that I wanted to share with you about my feelings for the nations or whatever it might be. I wanted to share them with you, but you couldn't bear them. I had to withhold because all you ever wanted was milk. I had so much more to share. The eyes of the Lord are roaming across the world looking for somebody whom he can share things with who isn't just thinking about the next bottle of warm milk but knows who they are and who God is and has the questions of eternity settled once and for all, never to return to question their salvation or God's love ever and are now ready for the big league, now ready to take their place, now ready to hear things and see things and experience things that are far deeper than the shallows, that are far stronger than the milk. God wants to show you things out of his word, show you things spiritually and in intercession. He wants to give his people a burden for the lost. But most of the people, if God gave them the burden for the lost, he wants to give them just faint. They couldn't cope with it. They don't want it. They'd get depressed, miserable, think it's all over because of lack of faith, depth of understanding. There's a lot of doctrines that are flying around the Western church today. Lots of doctrines. They're nothing but a slap in the face of God Almighty. There's a lot of Christians and pastors and ministers who can't take the strong things of the Lord. And if it's unpalatable, if they don't like the taste, they spit it out and say it's not God. They think everybody's going to go to heaven. That's a lie from the pit of hell to keep people in hell. They don't think that hell is eternal, that lasts forever and ever, because in their mind, how could a God of love allow anybody to suffer in hell for eternity? Read your Bible. He's as just and holy and wrathful against sin as he is loving and kind and compassionate to the sinner that turns to him. This soft God 
that's being preached is nothing but a God made in an image of a people that lacks fear and therefore lack wisdom and a curse on the doctrine of annihilation and the curse on the doctrine of universalism for it takes more to hell than it ever saves it's not from God it's not from the master it's a slap in the face of the fear of the Lord and poison in the milk of spiritual babes <laughs> can you hear what I'm saying when I'm talking about there are many things I want to say to you says the Lord the plain in his scripture you can't bear them because you'll throw God out or you'll change him to fit your image of what you think God should be like how God should act what you would do I'm not speaking to you in this place today I'm prophesying into the spiritual realms I'm not speaking to you that are sitting here as personal individual I'm prophesying against falsehood change God into your image you twist the scriptures to fit your image and you bring God down and you disrespect him because you can't understand him you bring him down to your understanding and you mold him in your image and you preach him in your image and he becomes your God on your leash oh let him off the leash let him off the leash. Come on. Come on. God in his glory. Will not the God of the ages do right? Will the clay complain to the potter and try to mold the potter? The clay molding the potter, challenging the potter, No, no. We lay our lives down for the Lord. And we take him in all his glory. And we receive his word with humility and fear. We believe what the Lord says. And we believe the easy things and we believe the difficult things that we don't understand. We bow the knee. You see, this is the attitude that's going to get us into the deep places. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The people of, of the fear of the Lord, because the fear of the Lord will clean you, bless you. And they made God in their own image. Their own image. Their own image. You don't like things about God, so what? You don't like some doctrine, so what? Who are you? Who are you? Who are you, old man? To say what God should do and shouldn't do. You bow your knee to the word of God in all its glory. And the word of God will shape you lead you and yes it will bring fear into your life it will bring a holy reverence I'm not talking about the fear of of condemnation we have passed from con all who believe have passed from condemnation I'm talking about a fear I'm talking about a doctrine when was the last time a doctrine of God made you shake in your shoes those days are coming back and those preachers are on the way. God is raising up a new generation. He told me about it. A new generation. Most of them are still at school. Most of them are still at school. They're not like you. They're not like you. And they're not like me. They're a new generation being molded by the Lord. And we aren't to taint them. And we aren't to touch them, but we are to revere who they are in God, the coming ones.
this. Most of them are still at school. Hallelujah. Most of them are still at school. And they're being brought up in a generation, one of the first generations for a long time that can't take things for granted. And the generations of the last however many decades since the 50s, 60s, I don't know. I've had everything in the West, taken everything for granted. Got in the ministry and taken God for granted. Got into the church and taken the church for granted. Got into leadership and taken their leaders for granted. And everything's taken for granted. And everything's expected on a plate. But there's a new generation who don't know if there's a job when they leave. A new generation who need grades that are unthinkable to get into university. That it was people that are going to have to, that when they go to university, they're not going to mess around like it's some game because they know they're going to have to pay it off when they leave. Oh, God. And God's going to bring them into the ministry. Hallelujah. Oh, don't bypass us, Lord. We should be concerned. Because I tell you what, this, this new breed, if we're not shaped up, they'll just bypass us. They will bypass the whole lot of us. Because God is raising them up. Young men and young women of the fear of the Lord. God help us if we taint them. You hear what I'm, I'm prophesying tonight? There's a new generation. I'm not talking about everything. Oh, yeah, a new generation. This generation are fearfully and awfully made. Hallelujah. And most of them are still at school, unsaved. Because the saved ones, most of them are contaminated already. There's a whole new breed. God wants a new move in our lives, not just for us. The Western, our sort of generation would assume that the new move is all about us because that's what we are, assumers. And you know what they say about assume. We just assume it's all for us. God can bypass us in a moment. Hallelujah. Oh, I don't like that, Bruce. Ah. Oh. Maybe it'll put some fear, clean fear, holy fear. There's going to be more words spoken that will make you uncomfortable in these days. But they're not words of condemnation. They're words of preparation. Hallelujah. This move is not for us, it's for them. Hallelujah. Games are over. The milk stopping. God is on the move. We can make our choice to open our sails to the wind of God. Or we can keep going around in circles. Never enter into the inheritance that God has for us. But be encouraged. Thank God he's sending a new move. Thank God. What if he didn't send one? What if he just left us where we were and we didn't even know? What if we became like Samson and we wished not that the Holy Spirit had left? What if we just kept doing what we're doing? What if we just kept in the shallows? What if we just kept in the bay and just stayed there thinking this was it? Thinking that we were in the depths, thinking that we were sailing the high seas of his glory. Wouldn't that be awful to, to be blind? God is giving us eye salve so that we can see the poverty, spiritual poverty that we're in. That we can see that we've called ourselves rich. We haven't even begun. We haven't even begun to get the riches of Christ. If this is the riches of Christ, is this it? God's going to make us hungry. God's going to stir us. It's like Colin said, this move is going to be about Him. <laughs> For once, that's an overstatement, but 
for once, it's going to be about him. And he's going to raise the people up that are going to say, it's about you, not about me. Oh, hallelujah. God is on the move. Why don't you just bow your heads in prayer right now? Could it be that there's some people in this place and you haven't even yet begun your journey with the Lord? But you're here this evening and you need to know the beginnings of things. I'm not here to make you take eat meat tonight. It's time for you to have your first drink of God's love in your life. God loves you so much that he sent his own son to die on a cross to take your place. And all God's wrath, judgment, was poured out on his own son. Because only his own son, his only begotten son, only he could take the penalty of the sins of the world. No one else could. Only the spotless lamb of God. Jesus of Nazareth, God made man, only he could take the full force of the judgment that rightfully deserves this fallen humanity. And he didn't have to come, but the father asked him and the son was willing because of you. He believed you were worth it. And he came to earth and he walked on earth and he became a human being like you and me don't ever say that God doesn't know what you're going through he went it he went through it too only without sin and what he went through he went on the cross no one has suffered as much as Jesus the son of God suffered so when you have your problems with God and shout at him and say, what about all the suffering in the world? Well, why don't you say that to Jesus Christ crucified? He suffered so that you wouldn't have to suffer in hell. All the pains of hell were poured out on Jesus. And all you have to do is say to the Lord, yes, please. And immediately your sins are forgiven you, not just for today or tomorrow or next week. But if you truly believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, then my friend, you are forgiven forever, saved forever, and in the Father's arms. It's as simple as that. It is a free gift. But if you refuse the free gift then dying you shall surely die and you shall taste of the second death and you will pay what Jesus paid you will pay it and you will never ever 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 finish paying you'd be a fool to stand before God on your own merits when Jesus died before his father to give you his merits. You'd be a fool to make a claim against God when Christ has made a claim for your life with his love. What more could he do for you? He won't force you into heaven, but he will offer you this chance. So with every head bowed, if you're here tonight and you say, do you know what? I need this. I want to know for sure that my sins are forgiven tonight forever. Like you said, I want, I don't, I want to never doubt God's love for me again. I want this free gift. I'm just going to believe. I do believe Jesus died for me. I do believe he rose again. I do believe he's alive. I do believe. Forgive me, Father, because of Jesus. Forgive me. You're saying that in your heart. Right now, you're ready to be saved. Just lift your hand where you are, and I'm going to pray for you. If that's you, yeah, in the back, up in the balcony, just lift your hand so I can see. I'll pray for you. Consolidators, yes, at the side. I don't see any consolidators looking. We've got hands here. Up in the balcony, is there anyone you say, I'm ready? 
Is that a hand? I think it is. Over there. Where are the consolidated? Anybody else? You say, why are you asking me to lift my hand? Because Jesus was lifted up publicly on a cross to die for you. He didn't die in some secret cupboard somewhere. And if you're serious, if you really believe, it's a little thing to lift your hand and publicly say, I do need you, Lord. So the last time of asking, is there anybody else who's ready to receive God's love and God's forgiveness forever? Just lift your hand. Father, we pray for all those that have lifted their hands and we thank you that they have been transferred tonight from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And we rejoice with them. I'm going to ask the ministry team to come to the front right now. We're just going to seek the Lord for a while. Now, what there's new move doesn't mean that we're stopping the healing and the believing God for provision and miracles. He is still our Father. As we grow up in Him, He's still going to provide for us. He just wants to do a deeper work and grow up His kids to adulthood. Even the teenagers, it's time for the spiritual teenagers to stop rebelling and take their place in the family business. So we're going to stand together, worship the Lord. If you need to leave, that's fine as well. And but if there's something you need prayer for, don't go. There's someone here to pray for you. We've got trained ministry team. If there's a healing you need or a job that you need, don't go without someone praying for you. Come, let's have the agreement of prayer and believe that the anointing of God that's with us will do something in our lives tonight. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together.